episode 61 of the Gore Press Gorecast. I'm your host, Sarah B. Demented, and with me, as usual, is it's Phil. me. Hello. I say as usual, as, as is becoming mm, usual. Becoming usual. That's best way of phrasing yeah. it, I suppose. <laughs> Give it another couple of months and then it'll be <laughs> as usual. Um, how are you, Phil? I'm okay. I'm, I'm My nose is filled with all the hay fever in the world right no, now. So. No, no. It's not good. But how are you, Sarah? Um, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Got a glass of wine in my belly, so... Always good thing. Everything is good right now. Um, today, we are going to be covering Company of Wolves that we promised you last week and then snatched out from under you at the very last second. Because that's just the way we roll. Because we're douchebags. <laughs> um, and we like to taunt you. But no, we are actually covering it because I, it's, it's reasonably topical at the moment, what with Byzantium out, so we can talk about Neil Jordan a little bit. It's a film I've wanted to cover for a while. Um, I think, Phil, it was your first one. It watch. was, yes. So this could be quite interesting. Um, or it could just be half an hour of us going, oh, yes, sexual metaphors. Yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, but before that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've watched in the past week since you last heard from us. So start us off, Phil. Well, I have been surprisingly... Uh, well, the, the genres I've been watching have been surprisingly sparse in terms of horror, mm. I have to say. I know. Soons! This is no good. Mainly due to be me being back home for the weekend. That's fine. Talk about it anyway. Uh, what did I watch? I watched uh, Scott Pilgrim because it was on oh, TV. No! It was on TV no. and we watched it. We have very strong I really like thoughts it. about this. Hey, debate. It's always fun. Debate is fun, <laughs> except you're wrong. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, my justification for it is, I mean, it's more I appreciate it in terms of style rather than substance. Oh, but it's the same style. As what? It's, as Edgar Wright's miscellaneous other projects. And are he you saying there's style. something wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> Not to begin with, but overuse, man. Overuse. That guy needs a new trick. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> You're done now, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, my reviews on the site. I, I uh, maybe was a bit too generous when I <gasps> reviewed that because I did give it a perfect ten. You did. Yeah, you and did. I got quite a bit of flack for that. Um, <laughs> my kind of opinion of it basically boils down to the fact that I just enjoy watching it so much that. To me, I mean, I forgive its flaws. And it's one of the things you and I have talked about. It's the difference between the quality of a film versus the, the experience, experience of watching, of watching it. it. And, you know, if, if, you're, if you're watching a crappy movie but really enjoying it, then how do you rate that, for example? Yeah. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. But I don't think I'm ever going to agree that Scott Pilgrim oh, yeah. deserves a 10. Don't. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you're perfectly fine. entitled to that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, I, I don't know maybe it'd be different if it was somebody other than Michael Sarah. maybe Do you're not, not like the him? hugest of fans I sure I'm not <laughs> no that's an understatement so in hindsight mm-hmm. you gave it a 10 a couple years back when you reviewed it yep what would you give it now ooh uh, 10 was definitely very <laughs> but still I would give it a, high, a very high mark I would say 9 maybe still, still very high because like I said like I said I just it's I watch it and I I see it seems to me almost like a, it was made from a love of filmmaking in a way 
It sounds like a weird thing to say, but I think it was made more from a love of video games. Yeah, oh yeah, but in terms of like, in terms of the style of it, there is there are certain elements where, you know, like particular moments. There's a moment when, uh, when, kind of there's a, like a freeze frame going on, uh, and of course, you know, any act, any kind of director could have just cut that in, kind of frozen it in post and just mm-hmm. had it still shot. But you look at the. Uh, the way it was done and actually what he's got what Edgar Wright got um, Mary Elizabeth Winston and Michael Sarah to do is literally freeze their positions and it, it struck me that that accompanied with the way he used lighting in it was quite theatrical in in terms of a theatre and there's, there's kind of touches like that that kind of seem like quite uh, quite neat things to do okay uh, <laughs> I don't, is, it, is it even worth discussing this <laughs> so so you think it deserves a 9 now and not a 10 Yes, I I still love watching it. I mean, you, I, can, I, you can go into your review and edit it. Yeah, I can change hey. it for you now. If you <laughs> so are we like going to compromise it like a five? Ooh, I can do ouch. it now. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't okay. think so. <laughs> You're going to stick with your initial ten. I might. Well, we'll see. I might knock it down. I've been well. I've been meaning to do that for. I a have while, editing so. privileges. I can make this film whatever the well, fuck so I want. I. <laughs> Just uh, be a back and forth. Yeah. Five, ten, five, ten. <laughs> Oh well, um, but yeah, I mean, I like I know I know perfectly well the ninety percent of the characters are complete dick bags. That was my massive issue. With yeah, it. nobody in that film is like. Yeah, and that's perfectly understandable. But for me, I never really watched it for the characters. I watched it for the style, I suppose. And it's okay. like it's like Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Speed Racer is not a great film by a long stretch. Oh, no. But if you're <laughs> if you're watching it for the like the pure spectacle, yeah. then it's quite. It's quite really quite engaging to watch. Okay, that's fair. And enough. I think that's kind of my what I'm watching for is is though is that kind of the spectacle and also the references to video games and kind of yeah I do get a kick out of that for sure yeah so let's draw a line under that let's what have you do been watching <laughs> um I've watched a few things in the past week um I rewatched Heather's which I'm not going to spend too long talking about because everybody's seen Heather's and it's <laughs> wonderful and it's very 80s and it's very satirical and dark and it wouldn't get made today <laughs> and Christian Slater is basically doing his best Jack Nicholson impersonation throughout but it's wonderful um, and it's a film I've seen a lot and I'll never get tired of it other than that one thing I did want to talk about briefly was I watched A Field in England. Yeah, which we, talked, we about that. talked about a little bit last week. I was intending on that, air, I was travelling. I was travelling Friday night, yeah. so I was um, unable to enjoy the spectacle. Well, it was a weird one. Um, obviously, as most of you know, it came out at the cinema on DVD and was screened on film four all on the same day, which I think is quite unusual. The first not, time that happened. Yeah. And it's quite a bold move. Like yeah. they must have been sure, they must have been very, very sure that they were onto something, um, because I think the sales since it screened have spoken for themselves. Basically, okay. it worked. It's it's been considered uh, a success um, for all intents and purposes. Intensive In, for purposes. all intents and purposes. <laughs> oh my god! I said that. Um, it is a doggy dog world. After yes. All. Anyway, let's. Enough of them. Aside. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was what I expected. Okay. It was very experimental filmmaking. It was. <sighs> <laughs> I don't. 
I've watched it on Friday. It's now Tuesday. I'm still not 100% sure what I thought. Okay. I've still been unable to form a proper opinion. I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, couldn't say for sure. So it made you, an impression on me. It's an experimental film then? In terms yeah. Of the actual, well, well it's it, basically the premise is without giving anything away because there's not a lot to give away yeah. really is um, I'm completely unsure when it's set but it's a period piece it's all filmed in okay. black and white there's some interesting visual choices throughout it's a group of five men some of whom are soldiers who've run in their post some of whom kind of assisted soldiers yeah. um, they take mushrooms in a field in England it's very bizarre Reese Shearsmith's the main character okay. he's great in yeah. fact, the, the acting throughout is pretty top-notch, to be honest. Although it's still weird to see Michael Smiley as anyone other than Tyres. <laughs> if you're a Spaced fan, that is bizarre. But it's very, very Ben Wheatley. If you've seen Kill List... Uh, it had shades of Kill List more than Sightseers, for sure. I haven't actually seen Dan Terrace, so I can't comment on that one. But it's worth watching, I can't really say too much about it. Okay. I'm still so unsure of so, what I thought. In terms of the actual filmmaking itself, was it a standard uh, story or were there elements that were kind of... Was it a bit... It was almost and... like a stage play. Okay. Because it was in this very... Well, it, it's a strange one, really, because it was in these expanses of field, yeah. essentially, um, which I think was done intentionally because then you couldn't... Well, it was to make it cheaper. Yeah. So they didn't have to do all the period sets. They could you know, they can set it whenever they want yeah. and have free reign of these fields, basically. Um, but also, it, it kind of takes place over these expanses of fields that could be anywhere in England. And... It, I don't know, it feels very theatrical. It feels as though it could have been written as a stage play. It wasn't yeah. actually written by Ben Wheatley. It was written by a lady whose name I can't remember. Amy something, I want to say. Um, but it is his... If, you, if you've seen anything he's done, it's his kind of trademark yeah. direction okay. all over it. Um, and it's a very, very, very difficult one to recommend. Unless you're familiar with his work or are very open-minded with regard to that sort of thing um, I, I'm not sure I could recommend it to be honest okay. confidently that's all I can say really without giving too much away like okay. I say not an, not an easy recommend I guess what I was kind of gunning towards in terms of the questions was mm -hmm. uh, like because obviously if it was obviously all films are art in a, in a, in a yeah. respect but if it was more experimental in the sense it was a, an art film then it is almost deliberately engineered to provoke uh, unsure opinions maybe I kind of would agree was... with that Yeah, I would agree with that I think the makers knew full well that it was not going to appeal to a very yeah. to necessarily a very wide audience and it's certainly not going to appeal to everyone um, but I think they were confident enough in what they were doing that it didn't matter and I think okay. it's, it's a bold move that paid off yeah. it's certainly a very interesting film there you go yeah so anything else um not particularly. Lost my cats and find the windowsill behind you, nosy buggers. Yeah, got distracted a bit. Um, <laughs> I also watched Wreck It Ralph. Oh, the other classic. Good old I adore Ralph. that so much on the theme of video games. Um, you're, you're a big fan of like Pixar and yeah, Disney well, it, like which was that Disney or Pixar? Disney, it was Disney. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I that was just a, a stunning film. The first time I watched that, just it was kind of exciting but emotionally engaging, and mm. yeah, the voice acting was superb. And I think I that's one that's definitely a film I very much cannot fault. Yeah, very well, at least almost at all. Because you enjoyed it, didn't you? I did. I did very much. So I I have to be in a very specific mood to watch animated films. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Was the first time you saw it when? We both saw it at Nick's house. Uh, yes. Okay. No. No? no. Had you seen it already? Yes, <laughs> I think okay. I've seen it. I've seen it before. Well, that was. Uh, we kind of watched it in a sort of party environment, so I didn't have any choice. But usually, <laughs> it takes a lot of persuasion to get me to sit down and watch an animated film because I find them so hit and miss. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah, loved it. It's yeah. great. It's just. Sometimes you can't beat that sort of film. No, and I think I think I was particularly impressed because I'm usually not a fan, but Sarah Silverman was mm. a really good actress. It was yes. really good as that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely on the same page. I'm not a fan of her TV show at no. all. I find her sometimes really on the nose. Sometimes really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I've never laughed out loud at anything she's ever yeah. done. To be honest. Ever, yeah. I think she's almost better when she's been a serious actress. Well, that was um, why it was, it was so surprising. Mm. When yeah, I but she was great in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. But yes, that was one I watched. Um, I've got a few more. Go for to it. Run through quite We've quickly. Still got time. <laughs> one that I know you'll want to talk about. Yeah. I introduced my other half to Ink. Ah. I've never ink. seen it before. <gasps> So to the uninitiated, which is which, quite a few of you, I'm sure. Um, I'd imagine. I don't think it's a very well. It's not a very widely known film. Um, Ink came out in 2008. <laughs> I was thinking 2007. But okay, we shall see. It was. I think it was made in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> IMD is going to be. I am doing the IMD. Oh God. <laughs> The wine has Internet gone to my head. Internet movie data. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Database is one word. What I said True. makes sense. True. IMD. Oh, we're both wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Ink was 2009. Oh, wow. Okay. It's only four years ago. Yeah. Crikey. Um, anyway. But yeah, to the, to the uninitiated, Ink is a very, very, very low-budget indie film. Um, low-budget to the point that the people behind it were such nobodies they couldn't even find distribution they couldn't even yeah. find a label to put the film out so they had to finance it themselves um, sell it through their own website I think they've since had a proper release so. um, I know the one I've got is a region one that they like, you can tell they've printed the yeah. DVD themselves which is quite magical in a way I quite enjoy that um, it's a film that sort of uh, to give a synopsis is almost to do it an injustice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's just one of those films that you need to discover by yourselves, but it's it's a real fairy tale. It's quite dark in yeah. places. Yeah. It's got a real fairy tale quality about it, which I guess leads us on to the film that we're covering. There we go, this nice week. segue. Um I uh, we've made no secret of the fact that we both really, really enjoy dark fairy tales Very much or so. horror films that utilise a fairy tale element. There's just something really bewitching about them yeah um i can't yeah i can't can't describe it any other way i just i guess it's 
an element of your childhood. I was about to say the same thing. An know, element of adulthood. It is that kind of... And the two uh, mesh really yeah. well together. I it's think that's incredible. Kind of... Uh, it's got the charm of, of kind yeah, of really... Yeah, you get to revisit your childhood in a way. So Ink, for me, based on that sort of... Um, I don't, like I say, you can't really give anything away. No. I can't give a rundown of the story. You can kind of do it. Basically, the idea is that each... In, there are these creatures who uh, steal around people's houses at night. They're almost a part of the afterlife. Yeah. But they are able to revisit but the they, but they kind of... People give people good dreams. Yeah. And sometimes there are these uh, creatures, I can't remember what they're called, who give people bad dreams. I think there's um, storytellers and succubus. That's the one. Uh, but then there's this kind of nobody who appears who's mm. neither side. Uh, and he ends up kidnapping this young girl. And it's up to... The storytellers. The storytellers to try and track them down. And a pathfinder. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Jacob. Is it Jacob? Yes, I think so. <laughs> but there's, there's really not much more we can say. No. Without That's... doing it a disservice, exactly. I think. Um, so, but a massive, massive, massive recommend for Definitely. both of us, I Definitely. think. Definitely. Um, we do have a review on the site. Was it you who did it or was it Dave? Uh, I think it was Dave. I think he beat it was all to it. I think we'd all have liked <laughs> to do a review for he that He always one. does that, doesn't he? Uh, but... Obviously, I'm quite stingy with my scores, but that would be a solid nine for me. There we go. Yeah. Sadly, my other half didn't love it. Sad times. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. He enjoyed it, but just the magic wasn't quite there for him. Yeah. I think it either is or it isn't. It's not gonna. It's not gonna win everyone over. Yeah. No. Definitely. definitely. And I think some of the effects, because it's such a low, low budget, some of the effects do appear a little bit shoddy in yeah. places. But they really have. It's such a labour of love and it shows and it shines through and it's such a magical little story and it's quite moving. Yeah, I think. yeah, again, it's one of the kind... There have been a handful of films that have got me kind of properly emotionally invested mm. to actually almost shed tears, but yeah. and Ink was one of them. I start, I start almost crying at the beginning of that film really? just because I find the whole experience so overwhelming Well, again, there are back, so back, few films that to, make me feel um, that way. Kind of kid actors, I know we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, like, oh, the little girl is great. Yeah. Yeah, she is wonderful. I mean, considering almost all of them are complete unknowns, I think a lot of them were theatre actors. Yeah, okay. Um, they're, they're all really great, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're certainly all of the same ability, yeah. so it appears normal within that construct, Yeah, which yeah. which adds to the, the realism, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think... I just can't say enough good things about that film. No. I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> Go watch it. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. Get hold of it. Give them your money because yes. they're very deserving. And um, the director, Jamin Winans, is doing another feature length yeah. this year, next year. There's little to no information about it online, but I'm very excited about that. So, yes, we'll tell you more about Exciting. that as soon as we find out. Um, have you seen anything else? Uh, nothing. Well, well Shall I whiz through the I've last I've seen few? Cabin in the Woods, but. Again, again my word. But I don't think. Anybody wants to hear any more about us no. chattering on about them. <laughs> so um, I'll let you. I'll whiz through the last few. Finish away. I watched Children of the Corn this morning. Okay. Man, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I half watched it while I was working. It sucks. Still bad. <laughs> what I thought was really amusing, I'm um, sat there giggling to myself, is I hadn't realised until now that the first five minutes of Children of the Corn is basically the last ten minutes of Beware Children at Play. Okay. Which tickled me a lot. <laughs> um, 
Less offensive, though. Yes, I should I, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Uh, which is kind of the prequel to the remake. Who knows? In essence. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I, like the third time I've seen it. I don't know why I keep wow. doing it to myself. It's glutton for punishment yeah. is the term, I think. <laughs> Another th- uh, film I watched was Good Neighbours. Okay. Um, which is a Canadian thriller okay. slash horror about these three characters. I can't remember the main female actress, but it's Jay Baruchel and Scott Speedman. Okay. Um, and a lady whose name I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but she's mad on cats, so I empathise with her character <laughs> immediately. It's really interesting. It's it's not what I expected at all. It's almost quite Hitchcockian okay. in a way. Um, you're never quite sure whether any of these three people are quite on the level. Yeah. Um, but their interactions are quite interesting, and and I didn't really foresee how it would end at okay. all, which is always good Possibly, if yeah. the film surprises you. So yeah, that's that's definitely um, a watch, a recommend from me. Um, something. The last thing I'm going to talk about. Okay. Is a film I didn't even watch to the end. Okay. Wow. I got halfway through. Couldn't face any more? Silent Hill Revelation. Ooh. See, I've seen that. Oh, you have? Yeah. And you made it to the end? Yes. How? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Sheer will. <laughs> I, get, I, I don't know, I didn't find it that kind of uh, intolerable. Because um, I always enjoy the the kind of... Uh, the, just the design of the creatures in it, I guess. Which is fantastic. Yeah. But so wasted. Yeah. Yeah, but I I guess you can watch it still regardless and enjoy it. It makes the previous Silent Hill film look like a masterpiece. I'll say that for it. (laughs) And I have a real soft spot for the first Silent Hill movie. Just because a reasonable Silent Hill movie is better than no Silent Hill movie to my mind. And I think they got a lot of it right and it was very atmospheric and it looked fantastic. Yeah. This one, however, way too CGI heavy. The characterisation was non-existent. The acting was dog shit. Yeah. Where was Sean Bean supposed to be from? <laughs> that accent. And Kit Harrington. Stick to Game of Thrones, my word. <laughs> he was shocking. And the lead actress, I've seen her in something else. Um, she's Australian. And looks like a weird yeah. amalgamation of Kerry Mulligan and Michelle Williams. Yeah, was she... See, my, uh, see, I've forgotten. I don't know. I can't remember what Adelaide she looks Clemens. like. But was she Transformers? Mm, no idea. Okay. Because there was <laughs> Australian blonde Australian uh, actress in Transformers. Not so I could just be making that up. It's not a Transformers movie that I've seen. I haven't seen okay. any beyond the first one. I think she was in the first one. Was she? Maybe. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> anyway, um, I've seen her in something else and she was actually quite a good actress. But in this, just turd, which to me suggests the direction was just appalling but I mean maybe maybe after we've stopped recording you can tell me how it ends because I'm certainly never going to watch it I need to remind myself <laughs> <laughs> oh it must have been memorable then. awesome I think I made the right decision oh yeah Carrie Ann Moss is in it yes she is she's come down in the world dearie me she must have bills to pay I guess so so I That's think that brings us to now. the end of a very waffly intro <laughs> um and we're going to take a short break you might hear from one or two of our friends we'll play the trailer for Company of Wolves and then we'll come back and talk about films representing periods and stuff (laughs) (laughs) in a bit yo 
family pet, a bedtime story, the familiar landscape of childhood. You have to go out sometime. You can't sulk in there forever. Where witches and wolves are the forces of evil. Where good will triumph and all will end happily. Your granny spoils you. She makes you think you're something special. That red shirt. But this is no fairy tale. This is where legend ends and survival begins. Where the dreams of childhood hold no promise of a happy ending. Big eyes you have. going to talk a little bit genuinely a little bit because i don't think either of us have much to say about company of wolves oh no <laughs> oh no have i blown our wad <laughs> did i say too Just much <laughs> you're not supposed to admit it <laughs> <laughs> we'll waffle it's fine people are used to this um so company of wolves i, I always call it company of wolves but it's the company, the of, company wolves. of wolves I always either call it Company of Wolves or In the Company of Wolves. Well, that's, uh, that's I never get it right. One of the it's how they quote the actual film ends. It ends with like a, a like In a, the Company of Wolves. It, it ends with like a poem, I think. Spoilers! Skip to the end already. <laughs> Jesus. Right. So, the Company of Wolves, as Wikipedia reliably informs me, and that is never wrong. Yes, of course. Um, came out in 1984. It's a Neil Jordan film. Uh, we mentioned already it's sort of topical because a lot of people are saying that Byzantium, which has just come out yeah. relatively recently, is kind of, or can be viewed as a sort of companion piece to Company of Wolves. I, I don't know whether that's true or not because I haven't actually seen Me Byzantium. Either. I remember seeing an excerpt from Byzantium at Friday Fest last okay. year. 
Um, but I didn't know what I was watching because we we were the douchebags that arrived in the cinema. Uh, no one likes you guys. Yeah, like two minutes late, so we <laughs> missed the intro. I had Everyone no idea what I was watching. How embarrassing! Nobody stared. God, <laughs> it wasn't the film. It was fine. But yeah, I had no idea what we were watching. Okay. Missed the intro. Honestly, thought it was a parody or a phone oh, advert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't grab me, shall we say? Yeah. I think I've got that much. So, I'm still going to give it a watch. Yeah. Mainly because it's got Caleb Landry-Jones in it, who was outstanding in Antiviral, that I loved. Um, so I'll give it a watch. Okay. And it's Neil Jordan, you yeah, know. He, he's pretty legendary, interviewed the vampire. He likes his vampires. Yeah. And his werewolves, apparently. Yeah, werewolves, yeah. Um, <sighs> shit, yeah. I'm trying to think of more Neil Jordan films. <laughs> the Crying Game obviously he, he's pretty legendary so uh, I'll give him a bit of leeway yeah. and I'll watch it well I mean, if, if it's meant to be kind of you know companion piece to Company of the Wolves then co- the Company of the Wolves that's, that's another <laughs> version company wait of the wolves. which film are we <laughs> we're doing Company of the Wolves aren't we I don't know hanging out with gerbils <laughs> that's what we're covering today um, then you know might as well give it a try I'll definitely give it the benefit of the doubt yeah um, but before then, <laughs> we're just delaying. These, I think we can are. Can you tell that these are just push awesome delaying away. tactics? <laughs> anyway, The Company of Wolves, 1984, British <laughs> horror film, kind of a gothic fantasy didn't fairy tale. Because it's directed by Neil Jordan. Didn't, isn't he doing uh, coming out with Byzantium soon? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, should we yeah. talk about that for a minute? <laughs> I think we're done on that. <laughs> I think people might see through those. <laughs> so. Written by Angela Carter, starring Angela Lansbury. Yeah, who will I always <laughs> I will always know as Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast. Oh no, that's not what, what I was going to say. <laughs> what were you going to say? Murder She Wrote. Okay, yeah. Fuck, Murder She Wrote. <laughs> I nearly said Miss Marple, but that's completely <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> Saved at the last minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm mixing my old lady detectives <laughs> somewhat. Is it, is it was she in Rosemary in Time as well? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Sapphire and Steel. <laughs> hmm. Moving on. Um, apparently, Wikipedia also tells me the film is based oh, no. on a werewolf story of the same name in Angela Carter's short story collection, The Bloody Chamber, which I haven't read. Don't know anything about. Um, apparently, she's she co-wrote the screenplay with Jordan. Yep. Um, and they sort of had a few dealings with each other before and since so that's quite interesting obviously have quite a harmonious working relationship yeah. there I'm gonna throw you in at the deep end give us a synopsis oh, synopsis well that's, that's, that's a tricky one um, it is because there are there are multiple stories it's pulling an inception before inception happened it, um, yeah it kind of does it, it, it takes place within the dream world of, uh, of this girl Mm-hmm. who is ill, I believe, or has been ill, or is recovering from illness, or just maybe he's just tired. A bit peaky. <laughs> bit peaky. Um, <laughs> and in this dream, she dreams of herself in this kind of Red Riding Hood-esque world. There's Red Riding Hood. Uh, and it's it's basically to do with the interactions of her, mainly with her grandmother, who tells her stories within stories of why you shouldn't trust werewolves essentially 
What um, she really means is don't trust men. Yeah. It <laughs> it's very, very thinly quite, veiled. Quite uh, men-hating. Yeah. In some ways, it's a it's a little bit um, heavy-handed. But then I think I think they pick up on that. Like they actually pick within the film, mm. they brush off Grandma's stories because she just seems to be <laughs> completely hate all men ever. And I think yeah, it's not because they acknowledge that within the film, it's not necessarily the message that is trying to be conveyed. Mm. Um, but, so, uh, an interesting point. Yes. I think our main character Rosaline yes was 12 yes the fuck I know it's a bit weird <laughs> seriously <laughs> I think I read that With yeah progeria yeah what I she looks older than you now yeah <laughs> I had um, to kind of I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> because I, I was surprised to learn that the character was supposed to be so young. Yeah. But to learn that the actress was 12 yeah. as well. Crazy. It's a bit of an odd one. Crazy. Um, I, I am not convinced of that information, even though I'm deeply yeah. confirms that she was 12. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> Call me... Uh, what's the word? Skeptical is there a good go. word. There we go. <laughs> The wine's done away with the big words. This, like is, this is all we're left with. Yeah. Three syllables. Three whole dude. syllables. Skeptical. Syllable. <laughs> you managed syllable, okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I haven't, I haven't drunk away all the three syllable words. <laughs> okay, just skeptical. Yeah, okay. just that one. It's back now. It's fine. <laughs> you've, probably, you've probably forgotten syllable now. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Company of Wolves. The Company of Wolves. Company of the Wolves. <laughs> something about dogs I don't know so the cast is quite good yeah solid British cast um, David Warner good old David Warner mm. he's a bit of a legend um, I think most people sadly will probably know him uh, most well most modern audiences who aren't that familiar with <laughs> films will probably know him from Titanic Ooh. yeah but he's great He's great in everything. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Stephen Rea? Stephen Ray? Uh, I would say Rea. Rea? Because it's Chris Rea, I think, who is the singer. Is that spelled the same? Well, I think so. R E A or R? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Rea. Something like that. Auberge. Auberge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my dad's influence <laughs> kicking in there. <gasps> terrible, terrible. Middle of the road. Don't listen to it. Um... <laughs> He's great. He's yes. he's always fairly reliable, and he crops up in a lot of Neil Jordan films as well. Yeah. So he's a face I think we all expected to see. Obviously, Sarah Patterson as Rosalie. She is twelve, twelve, but you know, appropriately doe-eyed, yeah. innocent-looking. She hadn't done. I don't think she'd done any acting before and barely anything since. But she yeah. was alright. Yeah, I thought. So as far nothing as else that again it's nothing else that yeah like, yeah again but you know obviously Terence Stamp yes as good old Terence the Stamp. devil yeah that bad dude yeah um so you know cast pretty pretty solid pretty good um as far as Neil Jordan films go what have you seen on the spectrum have you seen the crying game interview <sighs> with the vampire See, I assume you've this seen. is the thing like I don't it's, if it has I have seen it it's been a long time ago since I have seen it mm. so whether I remember them okay. I don't know 
So I'm going to be pretty useless on that front, I'm afraid. Okay, well, I, I remember most of the prominent ones. And this is kind of unlike any of his other films. Obviously, I can he, imagine. Yeah. He touches on otherworldly topics quite frequently. Yeah. But never in the same way as this. Well, they, this they always quite, seem to quite have different. a quite a, uh, I suppose a, a grounding in reality. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. In a way, whereas this is just out and out fantasy. Yeah. From the word go. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, even Interview with a Vampire, it's set in a world. Yeah. That we can recognise, even if it's dealing with these creatures that we know nothing about, yeah. essentially. Um, but in this case, it's all. I mean, it, one thing that I think adds to that is, uh, I might be completely. I might be way off base on this, but I think the whole thing was filmed on a closed indoor set. Yes, I be- well, I it believe certainly so. looks like it. It was. looks like I think it was. I, I took a look through the uh, production photos yeah. on the DVD, and yeah, I think there were there were fo- uh, photos of the set. Yeah, like which is a really. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Know. I want to say choice, but I don't know if that was a budget constraint. I don't, I, I don't know why they made that decision, but it. Adds I think it, it, yeah, it sort it, of. Make it more kind of uh, fantastical. Yeah, it does add this kind of otherworldly sheen, but yeah. it also, in some respects, makes it look cheaper. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sadly, I mean it's it's a tough one though because you know an actual proper sort of high fantasy forest would be you know the type yeah. of location would be hard to track down. Oh, absolutely. And arguably, it would be certainly. Almost impossible from to a logistical standpoint. Well. Yeah, from a logistical standpoint, I mean, particularly since you know it's scattered so much with you know kind of these you know bizarre kind of embodiments of her childhood toys and yeah, you know, clock grandfather clocks and stuff and yeah, it's it's not pure forest. It's it's kind of these it's these weird sort of echoes of childhood. Yeah. Sort of yeah, which is very, very, very intentional. Yes, yeah. Um, it's definitely supposed to evoke childhood, um, evoke the sorts of stories that your grandparents might have told you. Yep. Um, it's a very fragmented film. It is, yeah. It's got the central characters, but also the stories that the grandmother tells come to life. So there's lots of fragments yeah. to the overall thing, even though we keep coming back to the central characters. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember there was uh, a few scenes with actual wolves. Yes, that were great. Or at least, or at least uh, dogs. Painted yeah, yeah, wolves. yeah. But I, I think there were. I think there were two. There were there was there were wolves and dogs. Yeah, yeah. Painted dogs. <laughs> but I think there were some of the strengths. Yeah, certainly. I think there were some of the best parts. That was that was great. Yeah. Um, dangerous, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> but really cleverly <laughs> used. Um, the effects, for the most part. It's not budgetary. So I mean, it's it's what we we talked about. When we talked mm. about uh, the gate and the whole. You know, it's. I mean, it's it's difficult because you think 1984. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it was 29 years ago. I nearly said 19. <laughs> I was way off base. Maths. What year am I? <laughs> Still the 90s, right? <laughs> I, I wish. So. I wish. Um, it's difficult because. That's 29 years ago. Um, yeah. I was one, so I can't really say. Oh, I watched all these things that were out at the time and the effects were great. You know, yeah. I, got I can only compare it to other things that I've seen from that period. And even compared to rudimentary effects before... I say rudimentary, it's not like it was the bloody 20s. You know, no. they had... 
they had the resources to yeah. do really great well, tangible uh, yeah, effects. Because the thing was two years prior yeah, to Well, that. exactly. Still not great. No. Um, I'm, <sighs> whether it's whether it's good with what they had, it's yeah. it's really hard to hard to say. It's very difficult to judge, but some of them. Some of them were great. In yeah. fact, I think I think to be honest, that's one of the things that highlights the poor effects. Yes. Is that some of the better ones were great. Um but that They did just... save it up to the last transformation, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable because yeah. he was the kind of you know, antagonist if there is one. Yeah, I suppose. Um but it I think because of that, because there's such a leap, because there's such a, a margin between how they look it yeah. does highlight how poor some of the poorer effects yeah. were which isn't great um, and it does sort of pull you out of the story a little bit even though it's supposed to be quite fantastical it's not necessarily supposed to look real yeah. there's your brain well I think I think your brain it, it's one of the things you're always, you're always kind of told it, you know, I was certainly told in art classes when you're designing fantastical characters they need to have a grounding in reality yeah. in order for them to be believable as fantastic mm. uh, and I think you know well you, your brain's got to latch onto something it's familiar with for right. it to believe that it could yeah, be exactly, real exactly yeah absolutely you know and that was and that was one of the things that, that I noticed actually it was I, I, again budgetary contain, uh, constraints there's a scene in which uh, one of the stories involves uh, a witch turning like these uh, these kind of courtiers into mm. all into wolves and there's a particular shot where like uh, one of them is growing a snout, but their their face it just looks like they've just got a just a big lower jaw, really. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a bit it's a bit weird, really. So. Yeah, not great. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. So I happened to mention earlier today that we were covering this film tonight, and a couple of people got back to me. Okay. Um, with their thoughts, somebody said, "Love that movie. So hypnotic and childlike." Yes. Which I would agree with. Definitely hypnotic in a way. Yeah. Um, very, very dreamy. Um, it's it's sort of filmed in a soft light and it yeah. does give it that kind of dreamy quality. You're never sure what's happening, what's supposed yeah. to be a story, whether it's supposed to be real. Yeah. Um, and it does add to a sort of unease, I guess. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, somebody else said, love that film. That's two. Two. I love that film. I think there should be a drinking game for every visual sexual <laughs> metaphor you spot. Oh, wow. Uh, I think yeah. that might kill us all. I think so. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting idea, and I would certainly give it a crack. I would play Maybe that game. Maybe save that another day. <laughs> I think it might hospitalise me, but I would play that game. It's like the, uh, the Withnell and I drink game. Oh, good Lord. No. That's not that would kill us all. in any respect. <laughs> so... There seems to be a lot of love for this film. Yes. Um, I, which I don't necessarily agree with. It's certainly a memorable film. Yeah. And it's certainly visually very interesting. I think the the sexual metaphors are perhaps too heavy-handed for me. A little making. bit. Like, there's... Yeah, well, I mean... I, I see I'm anxious about giving stuff away. But hey, we spoil things, spoiler don't we? Go There's the it. whole shot at the end where a wolf jumps through the girl's window and destroys all her toys. And it's like, yeah. hey, look! Sex is Loss destroying childhood. In a frame, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it can be a bit heavy-handed at times. Yes, yeah, massively. Uh, giant mushrooms everywhere. It's like, mm. oh look, dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Lots of phallic imagery. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's it's also quite. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's I don't know. Wolves and wolves. female sexual awakening. Yeah. It's something that's quite often linked. Yeah. Which I find really weird. Whereas films like Ginger Snaps do that perfectly. Absolutely perfectly tie the two together. This, I think, falls a little bit short of the mark. Like we've said, it's a bit too heavy-handed. Yeah. It's almost a little bit judgmental in tone as well. Towards werewolves? Um, just... Towards people with... Just in general. It's it's almost <laughs> quite misandristic, in a way. Oh, yeah, I was thinking that earlier, but it, it, it's a tough one because, you know, I suppose it's, it's to a certain extent... Because the stories are all framed around the grandmother, mm-hmm. she's kind of an unreliable narrator. Like That's she, true. If she, it, her her personality, she's seen in the film as being quite mis, you know, misandric and mm. that word. I want to say misandristic. Misandristic. I think so. One of them, uh, and so naturally her stories, because they are her stories, mm-hmm. are going to be perceived in that same way. Yeah, that's true. So you know, it's it's a tough one because. You know, it's it's like you know, it's like yeah, a film can be a specific. You know, you can kind of, for example, homophobia. You know, mm-hmm. you can have a character, a main character who's homophobic, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the whole not reflective film of the film. Hom- yeah, yeah. As an example. Yeah, no, I agree with that absolutely. Um, um, you can have misandry within a film without the film itself being misunderstood. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time. You know, you think about how the male characters are represented. The dad's the not dad's very favourably for the most There's part. There's that <laughs> creepy kid who's just chasing. Oh my god, with the squeaky voice! Yeah, wow. And the hook nose. And yeah, that's quite special. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, mean, I suppose there is an element of that because you know, you kind of expect a feminist film, maybe, to be. A, you kind of assume if it's misandristic, misandric, then it's. But then I don't know. What's a feminist film? Like? See, this is the thing. Because feminism is equality. Saying. That's so. what I'm saying. Is, 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 <laughs> is it, if it is by definition feminist by not by being misandric, then it's not doing that too well either because no. it's. It's a know. bit confused. I think. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely paints itself as a film with some message. Yeah. But it seems a little bit unsure of what the message should be. Yeah. Um, because, like you say, it's, it's very heavy-handed in the men are bad, be suspicious <laughs> of men. Yeah. You know, you find yourself a husband, but be suspicious of him. And it, but at the same time, you get the impression that it's set a long time ago. The the opinions are bound to be quite archaic. Yeah. Not what we're familiar with oh, now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's got to play a part in it as yeah. well. Yeah, so there's probably a few things you can forgive. Um, and it's it's supposed to be folklore. It's supposed to be quite yeah. fantastical, dreamlike. Um, Which it does well. Yeah, almost, almost a cautionary tale yeah. in some ways. And they are quite old-fashioned yeah. by their very nature. Yes, definitely. So despite the, the intended message, I think it, it works on most levels. Yeah. Um, and I think it's certainly, despite the the cheapness of the sets and the fact that it does take place in this bizarre, insular set of a world, yeah. it's quite beautiful. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it looks definitely. quite nice. Um, like I keep definitely. I keep saying the word dreamy, but I don't know how else to describe it. No, it's, it's very soft folk. It's very dreamlike. Yeah, definitely ethereal. Um, yeah, that's a good word to describe. Which actually. is 
entirely what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's a dream. You know, the whole thing is is a dream of absolutely Rosalie. Yeah, you're all Rosalie. <laughs> wow. So, so, can you think of any other werewolf movies that you can compare it to directly? Uh, I can't. Tricky really. one. Well, the, the, like I said, obviously mentioned Ginger Snaps already, but that's only because of the kind of female sexual awakening yeah. allegory. Other than that, I can't. See, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, and they're two. They're very seen as a source films. of horror, mm-hmm. but not really. They're not werewolves. Aren't, don't tend to be tied to kind of sexual awakening. That's more vampires' territory, really, or at least kind of even like even not. Uh, not kind the of two were almost interchangeable, I think. Very sometimes. much, yeah, to a, yeah, to a certain extent. But you know, you think about and obviously Nosferatu is a whole different matter. Mm-hmm. But kind of certainly Bram Stoker's Dracula is kind of quite a quite very kind of uh, you know uh, sultry, I guess. Is that the right word? No, it's probably <laughs> sultry. Not necessarily the right word. No, but... I like that word. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like they have a kind of a, a sexual presence, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily something that is associated with, with werewolves, werewolves, which is no. weird because obviously they are like the whole. They're very powerful. The whole kind of point is having is that beast within, mm. you know. Uh, and obviously, it's, it's almost surprising that that isn't used that, more often. Um, What's the word? Not allegory. <laughs> analogy. Ah, yes. it's, it's almost surprising that that analogy isn't used more often. Definitely. Because that almost makes more sense than the whole yeah. vampire thing. They're kind of, they're just fruity guys they're just, in cloaks. They're just, kind of, <laughs> they're just dead, but not, they're more like yeah. zombies. Yeah. Like classy zombies. <laughs> Who drink blood and smoke sweet brains. <laughs> yeah. They're more eloquent, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Generally. Apart from Nosferatu. That mm. was silent. He couldn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that was uh, budgetary constraints. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what would you give it out of 10? Give us a wrap-up. Wrap-up, well... It's, it's, we've, we've established that it's kind of difficult to compare yeah. it to other films, so... I, pushing that to the back of your mind, just give me an out of 10. I have, well, I have, a, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with, um, with uh, kind of episodic films. Mm-hmm. I find uh, them... I find it, all, it, it it takes a very special film to grab me instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And so if a film is constantly kind of dunking me in and out, yeah. then I tend to get removed. And it's, it's the same, actually, with uh, with comedians, weirdly. Like, mm. I watched Tim Vine. He's known for just one-liners, essentially. just His whole mm-hmm. show is one-liners, just joke, 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 joke. And as such, you remain very much on the surface all the way through. Yeah. You don't really kind of uh, lose yourself in the comedy, or in this case, the horror. Oh, fantasy, whatever. Um, so that kind of always drew me out, and it's the same with the same with uh, Trick or Treat, and that's kind of yeah. I think that's why I didn't necessarily. That's a shame. Well, I want to rewatch it. I love it. a good anthology. See, I've got I've I have got it with me, and I want to rewatch it. But uh, I view anthologies differently to than I do uh, episodic films like this, though. Okay. I think anthologies. If you if you go in knowing it's an anthology, you expect to see several short stories. Yeah, whereas and that this is just might kind have been my kind of. Uh, stumbling point for Trick or Treat I didn't necessarily yeah. know it was an anthology oh, well, I think, but, uh, I think that's a big factor but yeah that was that was kind of a, an issue I had with it it just kind of it kept me very much on the surface of it mm-hmm. which is a shame because obviously uh, a, uh, like you think about Pan's Labyrinth or something like that you know kind of dream dreamlike films they really should draw you in yeah because you're meant to be immersed in this dreamlike world like you are that's dreaming that's how it works you yeah know? 
but that said, though, I think uh, it was conceptually very good, even yeah. if the execution wasn't great. I, yeah, I would 100% agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would probably pitch it somewhere around 6.5. Okay. I reckon. So, yeah, I kind of it did a pretty good job with what it had. A bit heavy handed, but yeah. you know, good at evoking like a dream, quite a dreamlike state, which is what it meant to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I mostly agree, to be honest. I it's a it's a film I think I've been unfairly harsh on for the past twenty minutes or so. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy this film, despite not necessarily being able to describe exactly why. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this film. And it's that's very okay, yeah. Know. It's very very difficult to put my finger on exactly what I enjoy about this film because it is all over the place. Like we've said, it's very very fragmented. It's very cheap looking in places. Some of the effects are just dire. Some of the acting is awful. Some of the acting is very uneven. Yeah. Um, Some of the casting's weird. Yes, absolutely. And this is what I was saying earlier when we started to watch uh, Lost Girl. Yeah. And it's it's weird because you're supposed to have these characters with kind of real sexual like mm. allure, mm-hmm. and yet they're kind of these creepy looking guys. Yeah, and it's like really, <laughs> yeah. Could they have not picked a better actor for that? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Um, I think most of the acting is pretty good. It kind of exists on its own level. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to compare this film to anything else. It exists in its own little world and it's probably better not to compare it to anything else, I yeah. think. I think it would probably suffer from comparisons. It's, again, I keep saying this, but it's not an easy recommend. No. I don't know many people... Which is weird because it's generally been rated quite highly. Yeah, absolutely. But I must admit, I don't I don't know many people who, if they hadn't seen this, I could go up to and go, oh my God, you have to watch yeah. The Wolves. Well, it's... You need to see that now. It needs to be in your life. Yeah. I couldn't say that. Because, you know, you kind of want to say, it's this really, it's this werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. But then it isn't really werewolf yeah. movie. Because you've <laughs> got a preconception about what werewolves are and, yeah. and they're... Act, yeah, the kind of way they act. Mm. There's almost no way to describe it that wouldn't missell it somehow. Yeah, as opposed to dark fantasy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, it is a film that I enjoy tremendously, even though I can't necessarily put my finger on why. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Wow. For a first, yeah! I think you rated a film higher than <laughs> yeah! I did. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's about the same as six point five seven. Yeah. We agree. Yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah. I kind of want to watch it again now. <laughs> Is that weird? Uh, <laughs> Talking I, about no. it has made me want to watch it again. That's bizarre. That's good, yeah. I'd say. So, I think that's both of us in agreement. It's more or less a recommend... As long as you're prepared, uh, you're kind of aware of what it is when you yeah, go in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Going in blindly, I think, would lead to some severe disappointment, yeah. or could potentially lead to or, severe or even just miss kind of misinterpreting what yeah. type of movie it is. Yeah, definitely. So, on that note, that's a wrap for the Company of Wolves. Company of the Wolves. Got the name right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've no idea what we're going to do next week. We're going to talk about that now. And announce it on the Facebook page. Yeah, sounds like so. Fun. If you are not a fan of us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash gorecast. Yep. 
Uh, we do post links to the the shows as well as we ask questions. Yeah, we keeping try and you updated. Yeah, um, on the Twitter has fallen a little bit dormant lately, but we do still use it. That is twittercom slash gorecastx. Yeah. Um, obviously, check out the site. Gorecom, lots of new content going up as regularly as we can allow it. <laughs> We've got a competition at the minute where you can win a copy of Apocalypse Z. So go into that. It's dead dead easy. You can um, even look it up online. You can. Google that shit. <laughs> and play some Google Foo. It's well easy. Um, what else? Oh, feedback. Yeah. If you've got any feedback, obviously contact us on Twitter. I am at Sarah B. Demented. Phil is at Phil Reaver. Yep. Um, and we have the email as well. Podcast at gorepress.com. So get some feedback into us and we'll read out on the show if we get any which we don't, we never do. And there's but, a phone number, but... But I never know what that is. It's at the bottom there. Just we t- include just... it in the on the on the Press page, so that'll be in print somewhere. So I can't fuck it up. Win. Yay, everyone win. So until next week, we're going to leave you with Spinneret, All Babes Are Wolves. Stay spooky. Come on, babe. I never leave you so big